Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I am Luke. I'm Tim. And welcome to another of our off-season previews. We're going round the houses and talking about every single one of the 32 NFL franchises and their off-season plans ahead of free agency in mid-March. Today, we're going to be talking Baltimore Ravens, a team which, as Steelers and Titans fans, <laughs> your humble hosts are no great fan of, but we'll do our best um, as we talk about their off-season plans. Encourage you, as always, to follow us on the socials at Half Yard Line Pod. You can email us halfyardlinepod at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and a review on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Add us to your subscribe list. Tell friends and family and spread the good word. We really appreciate it as we try and grow this thing. Um, and speaking of teams attempting to grow... Baltimore, Tim, who play in your beloved AFC North, although they are no team close to your heart, um, coming into the offseason of 2023 in a pretty interesting spot as they look ahead to what is to come with Lamar Jackson and company. Yeah, you've stolen the lead there, Luke. I mean, at the end of the day, right, Lamar Jackson is the beginning, the end, and the middle of the Baltimore Ravens offseason. But before we dive into that, Wrap up of 2022, Ravens went 10 and 7, finished second in the AFC North, owing to an ugly win over my Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh in December. Um, a battle of backup quarterbacks, people you've never heard of throwing the ball in that game. Um, but at the end of the day, to Anthony Brown, but we'll carry Anthony. On. No one knows Anthony Brown. No one. Zero people know Anthony Brown. It's not Tyler Huntley. Now. It's not Lamar Jackson. It's the other guy who plays quarterback. In Baltimore, the only sometimes. the only Ravens quarterback who didn't make the Pro Bowl this year was uh, <laughs> <laughs> for a team that had absolutely no passing game this year. That's saying something. Um, but yeah, so they they did make the postseason, lost a to the Bengals in a game that went about as you would have expected. No one cares, right? At the end of the day, Lamar Jackson didn't play the last seven, six, seven games of the year. He was injured. Um, I think a lot of people expected him to come back for the postseason. If they made it, he didn't. I think a lot of people thought he could have come back towards the end of the regular season if he wanted to, and he didn't. The team had sort of a tale of three seasons. They started the season um, fairly well, had a four-game win streak in the middle of the year that kind of propelled them into playoff contention and then struggled down the way after Lamar Jackson's injury. Tyler Huntley came in and played fine, but not great. And the big difference, I think, this year is the running game just wasn't what it had been um, in, in years past. So the, the passing attack has never been the story. We'll talk a little bit about holes they need to fill, and you're going to hear a lot of them in the passing game. Uh, but at the end of the day, didn't get it done for Baltimore. You know, you got to pat John Harbaugh on the back um, for getting this team in the postseason at some level. A lot of drama around that team, held it together, uh, and and finished with three more wins than they had losses made in the postseason. Luke, any thoughts on the 2022 season uh, from, from the Baltimore Ravens on your side? Yeah, I think you covered it well, Tim. Lamar is the big storyline, but the the run game, which has been so dominant over the past several years, kind of fading, perhaps due to Lamar not being on the field as much as the Ravens would have liked. I think the season as a whole, when when even though it only just finished, you're saying they were 10 and 7. I was like, really? You know, this wasn't a team you looked at and thought, wow, what a powerhouse, amazing uh you know, talent all over the place and all the rest of it. I mean, a solidly constructed team, which Eric DaCosta has uh, put together, taking over from Ozzie Newsom. They just kind of hung around, hung around and then won a few games and gone into the postseason, I think has to go down as a success, especially in a year where, as you say, their MVP, heart of the offense, wasn't playing for a reasonable chunk of it. I don't know exactly how to evaluate their 
season as a whole because it felt like with Lamar being out so much it was a little bit one arm behind the back the offense is built so much around him how do you account for him not being there because he's such a focal point um I would say they overachieved with that in mind I don't think the offensive talent is overwhelming really at any position possibly a couple of places on the offensive line it's good defensively they're very stout uh they had a pretty impressive draft last year I think as they they tend to draft well and um I would say they slightly overachieved based on the situation they found themselves in over the course of 2022 and I think going into 2023 as we stand here today very hard to evaluate where this team is going to be when we do this podcast at the end of the season to come Baltimore Ravens come into the offseason ninth in salary cap space to $25 million to the good, um, which is great, except they have a lot of things to spend that money on. The first is that does not necessarily include the full impact of Roquan Smith's deal. So Roquan Smith signed a deal in the, or in the during the playoffs. Roquan Smith signed a four-year, five-year, $100 million contract. First uh, off-ball linebacker to make $20 million a year. Good for him. Uh, the current understanding of that transaction is it doesn't affect, affect his cap number this year, though that's not official. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any impacts of the Roquan Smith deal on their cap space going into this year or not. I would also note that they have to sign a quarterback. Have we talked about that yet, Luke? That Lamar Jackson is... Yeah, it came uh, up, I think. Yeah, Lamar, Lamar Jackson is a free agent. And I think that's unique to the Baltimore Ravens in this particular offseason. We've had lots of teams who need to sign their quarterback, lots of teams who need to lock their quarterback back up for a long time, have a decision to make about the quarterback. Generally, they're making it with one season, two seasons left. You know, We're in the AFC North. We're going to talk about the Bengals. Joe Burrow is going to be an option out there to extend. He's got time left on his deal. To actually get your franchise quarterback to free agency is a really tough place for the Ravens to be. Um, so more more about Lamar in a moment, but coming into the offseason, $25 million in cap space, thumbs up, six draft picks, excuse me, five draft picks, a first, a third, a fourth, fifth, and a sixth. Did some trading uh, last offseason and during the season that, that cost him a couple of their draft picks, so missing a two and a seven, uh, but a mostly full complement of their draft picks this year. Did have a couple of offseason uh, front office changes, so a new offensive coordinator, uh, Todd Munkin coming in to replace Longtime OC who built this Lamar Jackson rushing based college looking attack. Um, and he brought in a whole new offensive staff. So you've got Willie Taggart, T Market, T Martin, running back and wide receiver coaches, respectively. So big changes on the offense for Baltimore, whether they keep their quarterback or not. Looking towards the areas of need for Baltimore, obviously, the first thing they have to do is figure out the quarterback position. They sort of have three paths here, right? Path one is sign Lamar Jackson to a long-term deal. Baltimore says that's their preference. Lamar Jackson says that's his preference. However, Lamar Jackson wants a deal bigger than Deshaun Watson's and fully guaranteed. He's missed 10 games in the last two seasons. I cannot see them signing him to a fully guaranteed contract. They say they won't. He says they have to. Some sort of standoff going on here. It reminds me a little bit of the Le'Veon Bell situation where he was determined to reset the market for the position. The team wasn't interested Uh, And that brings option two. They could tag Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson doesn't have to sign the tag. He's not under contract. He wouldn't be holding out. If he doesn't sign the tag, he doesn't have to show up. Uh, And that can drag on as long as Lamar Jackson wants it to. And there are some rules about accrued seasons and blah, 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 blah. But there's no fine impact. There's no, the, the league made it much harder for people to hold out in the last CBA. This wouldn't be a holdout, just to be very clear. He wouldn't be under contract, not obligated to show up. 
Um, and my guess is he won't until um, he's satisfied. And then the third option is tag and trade. So Baltimore says, look, we're not paying this guy $50 million a year guaranteed for the next 100 years or whatever he feels like he needs to have. Um, but some other team is willing to, and they're also willing to add a boatload of cap pick, uh, draft picks. Everybody seems to think that's the conclusion that they'll come to if they can't get him to take anything less than fully guaranteed money. I don't know what team in the NFL is sitting around going, you know what I want to do is pay Lamar Jackson $50 million and pay three first-round picks for the privilege. I don't know. Luke, what is your take? How does the Lamar Jackson situation resolve itself? In my estimation, the Ravens' side of this is pretty obvious, but so is Lamar Jackson's side, and I think you can take whichever side of the argument you want. Lamar Jackson wants max security and he wants max guarantees. That's every player's incentive. That's every player's right. If I was a player, that's what I'd do. The Ravens are saying, to your point, missed 10 games the last two years. He's a running quarterback fundamentally once that part of his game goes away or you have to remove part of that to protect him from injury then you lose a huge part of what makes him such a special player um and really the x factor that adds so much to this offense if i was the ravens i would be offering him a short-term deal with a high amount of guaranteed dollars and hoping that that sways his mind it seems from the various mumblings and bumblings and rumblings that have come out of both camps that that's been extended in the past and not met with great warmth by the lamar jackson camp if I was Lamar Jackson's agent, which he does not have one, so that's another interesting wrinkle to this situation, um, I would be saying you should take that because, frankly, him holding out for a year or into the season in the hope of a trade or coming back or anything like that, I feel like is not going to serve his interests financially or professionally particularly. To your point, I don't know how many other teams are as willing to trade for him as perhaps he or his camp might think. Obviously, this is a guy who's been an MVP, has not had a great deal of postseason success in his career to this point, has had injury issues the last couple of seasons, and has never been, you know, Peyton Manning, where you think this guy could play till he's 40, or a bad example, Tom Brady would have been a better one, but you get my gist. Um, sure. So in terms of resolution, I think that's the most likely happy path forward for all parties. But really, if Lamar is going to hold out for five, six years worth of contract, I don't see the Ravens extending it. And if I was in the Ravens front office, I wouldn't do that either. So it's really just might end up coming down to a little bit of who blinks first. And I think in this case, the Ravens will hold firm and not uh, sign away the the farm for five or six years to a guy that they're worried about staying healthy. That's just you want a hard take from sound decision making. Go for it. I think they let him walk. I think wow. they let him test free agency. I really do. I think the they don't believe anybody else is going to offer him what he wants. I don't think they want to offer him what he wants. I think the tag almost certainly ends badly. I don't think there's a tag and trade partner out there. I think the rest of the NFL is sitting there going, yeah, yeah, see if you can find a deal there, Baltimore. But ultimately, mm-hmm. no one's going to offer to trade for him if they can't sign him to a multi-year deal. No one wants that Deshaun Watson deal for any quarterback, let alone uh, for a guy who's been hurt a lot recently. And listen, I'm not a Lamar Jackson hater. He's beat my Steelers plenty, and he's beat lots of other teams too. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to stay healthy. you got to be on the field. Uh, the best options an available option. So it'll be interesting to see. Enough on Lamar Jackson. Interestingly enough, one of their key free agents is also Tyler Huntley, their backup quarterback, who – is really a great backup for Lamar Jackson. Now, he's had better games and bad games like you would expect out of a backup. Similar style player, certainly not Lamar Jackson. If he was, they would just sign him. But, you know, he is capable of running the same offense, similar style. Uh, and so be interesting to see if their fates are somehow tied. Do they bring uh, Tyler Huntley back? He's a restricted free agent. 
should be relatively easy to bring back. But do they bring him back if they don't bring back Lamar for whatever reason? Or are they completely restarting the quarterback room there in Baltimore? Other key holes that they have on the team, as I've defined it, wide receiver is obviously a big one. Um, you know, they had big injuries on the wide receiver room last year. Rashad Bateman, uh, Devin DuVernay. You had Deshaun Jackson and Sammy Watkins as sort of wide receiver one and two there at the end of the year, which is not this is 2023 okay so i mean deshaun jackson had some time but it's not now and sammy yeah, watkins never really made that it. would have been a great receiver room right yeah it's just not it's not what you're looking for now and obviously they traded away hollywood brown um hollywood brown had a fine year in arizona i think certainly they weren't going to pay him but they don't have anybody else to catch the ball so say what you want about lamar jackson and his ability to throw it's never been an offense built around the pass but you got to have somebody catch the ball when they throw it I would note, Luke, releasing the second four of these today, we've talked about wide receiver as a need for a lot of teams, and every time we say there aren't a ton of wide receivers out there. So for everybody who thought the wide receiver money was crazy last year, maybe we're finding out what was driving some of that market. Yeah, very possible. I think the interesting thing with receiver, which I also had circled as a position of need, is it, it's obviously tied to the quarterback position because the way that Baltimore's offense runs is not attractive to wide receivers in free agency. That's why they're bringing in the older veteran guys because you know you're not going to catch that many passes. That's just the nature of how the offense functions. So it really comes down to drafting them and hoping for the best, which is kind of what they've done with guys like Duvernay, uh, James Prochet, Rashad Bateman, these guys that they brought in the middle rounds. Um, They don't have much depth or top end talent at that position but it's not a position they've had to prioritize very much. So if you are retooling the offense entirely with new quarterback you know that's going to have a knock-on impact to what kind of wide receivers you need to get hold of as well um as far as holes i think you covered it well i mean it's interesting just to look at who they're paying the most money to right now and just it seems very much like a throwback the top cap hits they've got this year are left tackle who ronnie stanley who's been injured a lot cornerback tight end guard calais campbell who's a d end but kind of a d tackle inside linebacker and both safety positions i mean that is not a really 2023 cap um, mechanics that you're used to seeing in this day and age it seems pretty retro so not sure if you think there's maybe some savings to be had there as they look to kind of retool obviously with the lamar ghost hovering over all of their free agency decisions in terms of the available money wrapping up the holes i think you know you mentioned defensive tackle agree cornerback is another area because of a free agent removal we'll talk about in a moment uh, you could talk a little bit about offensive line too uh, for this team as they go forward but the free agent class a lot of names you're going to know. Not necessarily huge names, but names you're going to know. Kenyon Drake, Kyle Fuller, Justice Hill, Tyler Huntley, and Lamar Jackson we've talked about extensively. Marcus Peters, huge name. Jason Pierre-Paul, he's on the way out. Um, you know, Quite a few guys who had contributing roles to this team not going to be there. That's the NFL in 2023. They have some money, but given some of the other priorities they talked about spending it on, you know, looking at potential cuts that they might be able to use to fill those holes. Calais Campbell's one you mentioned. Um, you know, he's got six and a half million in cap savings if they cut him now, can make it a little bit more if they make him a post June one cut. He's 36 years old. He considered retiring last year. He played well enough if they want to keep him at five and a half sacks, 36 tackles, but they may need cap space just to sign the Lamar franchise tag. You can't offer extend the tag if you don't have the space to do it. So you know, they're going to have to make some room here that, you know, you mentioned some of those guys at the top end, certainly some restructuring, some extension possibilities, at the top end of the cap spectrum, if they want to use that opportunity to make some space, I, not a ton of, of cap casualties in my view. I don't think they're going to cut a bunch of guys, uh, but maybe more in the restructuring space. I don't know if you saw the sort of departing free agents any differently. Um, Marcus Peters being the big one. They, I think they need to bring back or replace 
the others sort of role players that hopefully they can pick up you know draft picks or, or cheaper guys uh, to fill some of those holes what did, what did you have Luke? no i think you you covered it pretty well and i mean i always think it's interesting as you pair it up with who they just drafted um you know last year they had 11 draft picks and they only have a handful this year relative to that obviously but they drafted you know an offensive tackle a nose tackle an outside linebacker a center another safety and carl hamilton who's got some slot flexibility and a corner and another tight end in isaiah likely so i mean they also drafted a bunch of other guys because they had 11 picks but i think they've done a fairly good job of kind of restocking in those positions you think about edge rusher jarbo coming back from the achilles you know you hope he becomes the guy that was mocked as a kind of mid first round guy even though they took him in the second last year because of the injury tyler linderbaum showed some strides you get hamilton to to step up so maybe some of those poles that are going to be left by departing uh, free agents can be filled by the guys who step up in year two and as far as filling the gaps you know i think we've talked about this team's going to be up against it um, once they figure out what they're going to do at the quarterback position so not a ton of free agents money to go spend certainly compared to some of the other teams out there so it's probably going to be a draft story i would be interested to see if they do some trading in the draft they don't have any huge humongous gigantic glaring holes outside of the quarterback position um, at the roster currently so maybe you take that 22nd overall pick and you trade back and you pick up a couple of guys uh, to help plug some of those role player holes that they have. I don't know yeah. if you see it that way, but that's that's one thing I had is maybe they're a, a trade the draft picks team this year. Yeah, they've always been very active in the trade market when it comes to draft day, which was kind of why it was so surprising they used them all last year. But um, the other thing that's with right. the, the, Ra- the Ravens, and we'll talk about a few teams here in this position, when you're consistently picking in that mid to late first round, you get pretty good at it because you're used to it. You get teams like the Jags who this year are picking later in the first. Even my Titans have had trouble picking that late. Um, teams like the Ravens teams like the Steelers have done a good job of restocking and waiting for the draft to come to them and I think the Ravens have been an exemplar of that style so it it behooves them more to be picking 23rd overall and maybe even trading back from there into the high second or the late first to pick up additional picks than it would some other teams so I think that's something to look out for come come draft day in a couple of months that's right be really interesting to see how they approach it that's going to put a wrap on the Baltimore Ravens 2023 offseason preview thanks for the listen uh, certainly do follow us on your favorite podcasting app. Follow us on the socials at Half Yard Line Pod, Half Yard Line Pod at gmail.com. For the emailers among you, we'd like to interact with you guys in those spaces. Uh, but that's going to do it for us today. Please do catch the next 2023 offseason preview from the team of your choice. Ta ta. Ciao.